welcome to Two Boomer Women. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. I've been talking with Boomer women for almost a decade now. (laughs) Well, I guess I've been talking to Boomer women all my adult life. Uh, Reinventing myself several times along the way, though, but always focused on us, Boomer women. With this incarnation of Two Boomer Women, I'll be interviewing other women who have a message of interest for our demographic. If you want to hear about or learn about something specific, let me know and I'll find someone who understands us to talk about it. There's a contact page at twoboomerwomen.com. If you want to be a guest on Two Boomer Women, bring it on. There's an application form at the website, too. Finally, this show is all about conversation. We women know its value. We know how to do it and we must perpetuate the art form. So, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to the Two Boomer Women Podcast. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. It's the third week of January, and I am so pleased to be able to continue with guests and ideas to incentivize our new year, instead of those ever-unreliable practices of New Year's resolutions. By this age, I think most of us will agree that setting lofty goals just because of the date on the calendar, you know, those lofty goals that we haven't been able to achieve or complete in the past, is pretty futile, not to mention what it can do to our self-esteem. My guest today is going to tell us about a different approach. I enjoyed reading about her process, and I'm excited to learn more. Jill Theory, welcome to the Two Boomer Women podcast. Thank you. Hi, this is wonderful to be here. Yeah. Let's start at the beginning. Um, your PodMatch bio uh, suggested that this started as a family affair. Can you explain that? Oh, I love to explain that. Uh, my father and brothers, I, I don't know exactly why they started it, but uh, my father was a consultant. My brother was a successful consultant. He had a group of college buddies that they got together with and did this practice of sharing their seven pillars of life. And I can't remember exactly what those pillars are. This was 20 years ago, but it was something like, you know, work, family, health, community, uh, learning, da da. And and my father saw that in his eldest son. And I believe he wanted to improve the relationship between his eldest son and his other two sons. And so he recommended something called Boys Weekend. And they started getting together one weekend a year for years. And it it, it became this little tribe. And uh, my observation is it was kind of a tough love accountability group, right? Because you can't really pull the wool over your family's eyes. like. And so they did it for a few years. And then we were celebrating my parents' uh, anniversary. And they did an open meeting with uh, you know, the four boys and then also my mother and my two sisters. So there's eight of us all together. I have two sisters. And they did an open meeting and invited any one of us to join them pending these couple rules. One, you had to be honest and share what it was you really wanted to do that next year from a heartfelt place. And you had to be willing to track it honestly. And you had to be willing to come a year from then and discuss how you did and actively listen and actively participate in the group. And it had been a tough year for me. It had been a year when uh, my work relationship had changed. You know, a a 20-year career was kind of making a major pivot my marriage relationship was making a major pivot. And I went to share and literally started crying as I shared. And I went, oh, I I need this. I need this community for this big change I want to make in my life. And so I joined in and that was the start of this whole thing. And uh, now 
a year and a half ago, I launched Club Change. But that 20-year trajectory is one where the path has just unfolded for me, where I really haven't proactively gone out to create Club Change and create these um, clubs of accountability. I call them book clubs for intentions. Um, but it's just one step at a time, right? I started, I started, it started working well for me and my siblings. I started sharing it with my friends. They started introducing it to their kids. It started working for their kids. I moved to Mexico and started um, doing it with individuals because when they heard about it, they were like, oh, I'd like to do that. I'm like, okay, well, I can, I can show you how to do that. And it really, is a wonderful tribute to my father and my oldest brother because they really were the starters of this whole thing. And now it's just a tribute to the practices that we share in the groups, which is being open to change, you know, being willing to say yes to new things and to know the new things in kind of easy, kind ways. Listeners know that I come into these chats with notes, but before I even go there, one thing that I heard there was the fact that the first time you did this was with like a large family. You ended up in tears because of personal changes, personal professional changes. A lot of people could do that in front of strangers, in front of friends, but not in front of the family. Obviously, you're a close enough family that it was a safe enough place that... Yeah, we're a, we're a super close family. Um, yeah, we still get together. So we still now five out of the six of us get together every year. Um, we've changed it to family retreat, although it was called Boys Weekend for so long. I have a hard time changing that. And for some reason, it kind of brings out the tomboy or the tom girl in me that I'm part of Boys Weekend. Um, but now it's family retreat and we still do it every, every year. And it's a what, and we do it in, uh, oftentimes in the home that both both my parents have passed away now. So it's a beautiful tribute to the process and my parents and the tribe that is us siblings. And even the next generation has tried a couple of their own iterations, but they're all cousins and it's a little bit different. So, and club change is a little bit, it's a lot of it different than that. But, but yeah, it's, and those family gatherings still are, can get, very raw because you, in my observation, you um, you really are amongst people who um, have shared values, right, from growing up together, kind of know where all the bones are buried, uh, know the progression, have observed adulthood. And so you get, if, if everybody's there and willing to kind of get out of their own ego or their competitiveness and just there to help someone else process whatever it is that next kind baby step is, um, it's powerful. And it's changed, you know, it has improved the health and wellness of all of us, of each one of us, and the family as a unit. And I think our extended family, cousins and aunts and uncles, and now nieces and nephews and grandnieces and nephews, it really has um, extended. And to tell you the truth, my I think A couple of my brothers are also doing certain things in their life right now that that take their iteration of the benefits of this process on to others. And it feels like a beautiful tribute to to what was initiated in that hotel room, you know, decades ago. So I'm just thinking for listeners, 
if if anything twigs here and they're still not sure to to share that with family can be really bonding and especially as we get older you know like we've become totally different people than the people who grew up together sometimes often um so something to keep in mind of like family well and it's maybe even an entry to do that right it's it's possibly a way and i actually do private groups i've done private family groups where i've just kind of done this intention setting practice which brings generations together in a new way but gathering you know maybe there's stuff since the holiday gatherings you know maybe there's a way at the end of january to sit down and say hey let's get together on a zoom call and and kind of interact with each other in a new way, yeah. in a new shared way that uh, really lifts up everyone. Well, especially given this COVID time that we live in, where so many families are communicating via Zoom, it really adds a, another dimension and a, a high quality dimension to, to the Zoom calls. Okay, as I mentioned in my intro, it's January. January seems to have become synonymous with change. And I think most of us have changes we'd like to implement in our lives changes that could be important. They might be necessary and sometimes they're even exciting, but for some change can be hard. Why is that? Oh, because, because it's change, right? So we have what I call this beautiful canyon of decades, uh, many decades, maybe just a few decades of choices, lessons, environments, experiences, traumas, whatever. We have what I call this canyon that we sit in that is carved beautifully by all of those things, whether they were in choice or not choice. But that canyon is carved from those things and it tends to have a lot of gravity, but it also tends to be automatic and uh, safe and repetitive. So the average human being, I've heard lots of different numbers. So I just say from 20 to 90,000 thoughts a day, nine, maybe around 90% of those repeat thoughts. So what happens is as those experiences, choices, lessons get carved, we kind of sink into this canyon that is automatic and, and it's comfortable and it's safe. And it's a lot of times very subconscious. We don't even know it. So it builds that story reel that is going on repeating in our head that is, it's not easy to bring a change out of that, right? Because it's not automatic, because it's not safe, because it's not easy and gravity filled. And so the process that I've discovered through this process is to allow those intentions or those things of changes to be gifts, right? To not be these, these big goals. So, so the, so the recommendations of the process is to, to keep it really simple, to have it be very kind and doable by you, something that you can control in your canyon, right? And frame it in a very achievable way and then repeat it in, in measurable practices. So, so I think what makes it difficult is we all want the end goal, but sometimes we don't spend it, you know, that intention, that far out intention. But if we make the intention that we want to take the first step, and we commit to just taking that first step a number of times, it gets more easier. So it takes the average human being as well, 20 to 90 days, right? You've heard that before to bring in a new habit in your life. Some people though can change instantly, right? It all depends on how committed you are and how important it is and how willing you are to, you know, maybe jump that cliff. But most of us, it's a process. And if we want that process to become part of our 
comfortable, automatic, easy, safe things, we might be willing, we might choose to be willing to get in just enough discomfort to commit to taking one step towards that intention, towards that long-term goal, make that the goal or the intention and celebrate it every little baby step along the way. And so that's what we do. What I saw there, because I, I love to visualize analogies, but with your canyon and, and sloping down and perhaps each one of the actions or the habits or whatever almost become a, a cocoon as you slide down. And and even though there may be a rock that you're leaning on, so it's not 100% comfortable, It's it takes more of a process to get through the layers of the cocoon. You can still see all the possibility up in the sky. Uh, but yeah, I can see where that, it, it does sometimes take a bigger effort for some people because of the layers of comfort or cocoon or whatever. I, I don't know. I'm just rephrasing your analogy and I don't know if that's right. Yeah. Well, it, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time following it, but some listeners <laughs> might, I mean, to me, it's more like a journey up, right. Than a sliding down. So so for me, it's a journey of, okay, I'm comfortable here, but if I want something that I don't have that's here and it's up above me. What, oh, absolutely. Yeah, so maybe the cocoon is, what can I do to nurture and nourish that? So literally the, so that it rains down on me where I am. So that yeah. it becomes this flowing river into a flattened canyon that is broad, that the horizon becomes very broad because I'm open to new yeses or new no's in my life. I'm open to noticing my choices. And part of this also is being in choice versus being in automaticity and being willing to share it and practice it. So, you know, speaking it is important. So I think the clubs, it works for individuals. It works for a one-time set your intention thing. It works to write it down and think about it and envision it, which is all steps of the process, but doing all eight of those steps. And the last one is to share, you know, we practice and we track, but we share. And that's, to me, that's where the rubber hits the road. It's like that's where when you can say it and be in integrity with yourself and say, I'm, I commit to this. I will do this. I am this, right? Not, not I'm trying. We, we do a lot of languaging stuff. I'm not trying to do something because if you try to do something, guess what happens? You try to do it forever and ever and ever. Or if you're saying to yourself, I can't, guess what happens? You can't. But if you language it in a way that carves this beautiful path for you to happiness on your journey to wherever it's going to take you, it is much more likely to happen. And when you share it, and then if someone does an intention setting class and then joins one of the clubs where we kind of literally, it's just getting a little more public and you can stay anonymous or not, but it's joining a group of people for eight weeks to, to report in. It's like, okay, I, I said this, I did this, this is what I learned from the process, and now this is what I'm willing to say for this coming week. And when I find that when we do that, we get really honest with ourselves and we don't spin these stories of guilt and shame and we don't, you know, we don't dig ourselves deeper into all the past habitual processes that we've done. We maybe sit in both celebration of the tiny successes or big successes, but we also sit in that discomfort without judgment, like without saying, you know, okay, if you, if you said you were going to do this, you intended to do this and you identified this and this became your mantra and this was your practice and you didn't do it, 
that is okay. In fact, sometimes that's the real juice because then you're willing to sit in your stuff and in your choices and then potentially in your heart of hearts, make a different choice for how to meet that obstacle or that resistance in a new way that's not filled with guilt or judgment that tends to just suck us into what we've done all of our life. Yeah, yeah isn't that the truth? <laughs> so <laughs> first of all, I do apologize because I, I, I meant the cocoon was almost a place we ended up. Um, so it wasn't necessarily comfortable, but it, it just made it harder to climb out to those blue skies and those goals that we really want. Yeah, wanted. So silver lining. For- I call it like the silver lining, which is what <laughs> you would see at the Canyon Park. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so intentions, intention setting. We're used to goal setting. Can you just... Oh, explore that for us. Oh, what a lovely question. I feel like you just handed me this juicy thing. Um, Oh, good. (laughs) Intentions, I call, uh, uh, your intentions are a map to your future. Because by definition, is an intention is something that's not in your present. It's an intention. It's a desire or a gift that you want to give yourself. And you specifically use the word goal. We've tried, it's hard to change your languaging, but I try very hard to not call them goals. And that's as that's as a career person, right? And all my business classes. And I mean, it's, but it's hard to do, but we call them gifts because in the end, I believe there's nothing more important than your health and wellness, your individual health and wellness. I, to me, there's just nothing more important than that. Not even the love that you have for others, because when you honor your own health and wellness, I believe you honor that love for all of your relationships in a new way um, and show it rather than speak it or whatever. So we call them gifts. And, um, and really, when you say that you prioritize your health and wellness. And it's the number one thing that's most important to you. And then you identify an intention that would be the best first gift that you can give yourself to nourish that health and wellness. And then you set, you set that intention and you build kind of a mantra or an affirmation around that that helps you practice that. And then you share all the other ways you're going to practice that in a kind, loving way. That's, that's the path. Okay, so uh, I think it's fair to say, uh, uh, just correct me if I'm wrong here, that for for something to stick, a change to stick, it's almost got to become a habit. At what point in time, if I'm correct, um, does the intention become a habit? Oh, that's that depends on everyone. It's so different for everyone. Um, so, uh, like I said, some people it could be a habit instantly, like they could do a set intention, you know, they might listen to this podcast and yeah, maybe we'll do an exercise or something. They'll leave this and they'll go, wow, I intend this. And we actually identify a mantra or a word. So we put a word around that and then you practice that word. And then we identify practices that help you practice that word. So some people could do that instantly and it would, it might become a habit right away. On average, I find that it takes people at least three or four weeks of daily practice 
even if it's just a tiny thing of taking a moment to take a breath and say your intention or say, I call it a mantra or an affirmation. We call it a mantra. A mantra is a a repetitive word that helps you focus on your intention. So, you know, I encourage all of my club members to uh, put it on a post-it and put it on their mirror and every day say it, you know, I am, I will, I choose. And to keep that list of easy practices, baby steps that you can take that will bring you that in some kind of measurable way, keep that around and be honest about whether you practice them or not. Okay, you started out that explanation with that magic word exercise. <laughs> Could you walk us through an intention setting exercise, please? Um, yeah, I, I, well, I'll, I'll do kind of a little microcosm for you. Let's see. Okay. All right. The third week of January. Let's just do it for a one week period. Okay. So if, uh, if you, I usually do it for an eight week period or sometimes longer, sometimes shorter, but let's do it for just one week period for now. And I invite all your listeners, if they're driving to pull over <laughs> and not drive at the same time, <laughs> but to pull over and stop what you're doing and have a piece of paper in front of you on your lap and a pen. And then close your eyes and come in touch with your breath. Maybe breathing up the front of your body from the center of the earth, like having it come up through your body and out the top of your head. And then as you exhale, allow the air around you in the universe to just settle back in through you and exhale and kind of go back to be grounded in your sits bounds where you are right here, right now. And as you're continuing to breathe, you might align this container in your body to be in flow with your thoughts or intentions. But as you do that, I invite you to just arrive here. There's no yesterday. There's no tomorrow. It's just you sitting here being the gift that you are right now, breathing here. Now, and what a delicious gift you are right now. And I invite you actually to, as you're breathing, to empty the space in your skull, behind your eyeballs and between your ears. And with each breath, inhale something that would bring you joy in the next week. And just inhale it into that voided space and out the top of your head and then exhale it in. And then continue and maybe... I don't know, maybe there's a few things that would bring you joy in the next week. And as you're doing that, I would maybe limit it to, you know, less than seven to 10, but go ahead and just fill your mind's eye with joy and let those all be there equally. And then tuck in your chin and open your eyes and write those words down in any way on the sheet of paper. So I call it popcorning. So, you know, there's no horizontal list or vertical list. Write them sideways and upside down and big and little and in script and in print and and any direction. But it's best that they're like one word or two word clusters. So I'm gonna assume now you have this sheet of paper with a bunch of words on it that are all kind of a beautiful, it's almost like a collage of joyful words for you for this next week, right? So if you tried to do all of those things, what would happen? For most of us, it would, if if you were anything like me, I would quickly get into overwhelm because I wouldn't be able to do them all. And and then I would go right back to my repetitive canyon. But what we're gonna do right now is select one of them. So close your eyes again. 
and breathe and tuck your chin in and align your spine. And, and as you breathe in, just breathe in love for all of these words. Actually, maybe even put your palms, your hands on the sheet of paper with your palms up and feel how automatically that relaxes the back of your shoulders and it opens your heart to just be in a place of love for all of these intentions and for yourself sitting here right now with your future intentions, but allowing them to bring you joy right now in the present. So you're letting them all be part of your present moment right now, this gift that is you sitting here right now. So drink that in with your breath and keep your eyes closed and put a right hand on your heart and your left hand on your belly and just feel yourself giving yourself love and keep your eyes closed, but tuck your chin in again. So now your closed eyes are are not looking at the sheet, but they're facing this sheet and not now, but in a minute, when you open your eyes, I'm going to ask you just to circle one of those words, but not yet. Let's just breathe in love one more time from the center of mother earth. Just feel her supporting you all the way up through your whole body. Let it come out your head and out to the center of the room and maybe circle over all those words and come back into your heart. Be totally in love with yourself and all these intentions. Then when you're ready, open your eyes and circle one. And circle the one that most touches your heart right now. And then maybe allow that one to be your practice for this next week by going through all the, you know, so my eight-step process, we just did a bunch of them. We sat down, we showed up for ourselves, we thought about it, we wrote it down. We envisioned it. And I sometimes we do a little more work in envisioning and future envisioning and future self and current self. But envisioning, now you've chosen one. So that's the first five steps. The last three steps are track, practice, and share. And so why don't we why don't we jump to share? Would you like to share yours? What's the what's the one thing that that you are choosing, not could, that you are going to choose, that you are choosing this week to bring you joy? I, I, I had a trouble with just one word, but for me, because we're kind oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just occurred, like, I always talk in the future because this airs in the future. And of course, you and I are talking right before Christmas. Uh. So it's out of the bag. Um, but I have family coming in from far away and stuff like that. And because we're two families, my former husband and I, it's like there's, there's chaos around having my family close by. And so I really, what my thought was is I'm reaching out to everybody and, and pulling that together so that I can move forward just knowing that something so important to me is is going to come together it won't just stay out in the air all hodgepodge i love that so what's a word that what's one word that might describe that like the word that comes to me is family um community i wrote down family and gathering I, I, i wrote those two words down so i think given the fact that i'm it's about my family is gathering. Okay. Gathering. So, so, so what I would invite you to do is put that word gathering all over the place, like every day and say, I choose gathering. I will gather. I am gathering my family 
right? Or outside of my family, right? I am, I am gathering. Now, here's what's interesting. And I know that doesn't like work perfectly and we might've done some adjectives, but now what I invite you to do is you find joy in gathering, right? So there are possibly in the next week, no matter whether you are, whether you're leaving the holidays or not, right? So what are three things you could do this coming week? Just three small practices that are measurable and doable by you and trackable. So it would have a number, a couple of numbers to it. What are three practices that you can do that would bring you joy in gathering this week, this coming week? Funny you should mention three is I, I have three children. Interesting. So reaching out one Oh, I love that. I love that. And to do that this week. So I will reach out to each child one time, one-on-one. And that could be lovely. I love that. And allowing that to just bring you joy and not angst, to, to be in the joy of gathering with each one of your children, one-on-one. I love that. So now what would be so much fun, Agnes, is for us to get together next week and, and then you would, sh- and we would, we would check in. It's like, okay, I, I am gathering. I chose gathering. I chose to bring joy to this whole concept around gathering this week. It's bringing me joy. I am joy. I am gathering. And I did connect with each one of my children one-on-one this week in preparation of whatever the chaos is that's coming, right? And, and I invite you to even watch your language and possibly change the word chaos to gathering. Well, and the thing is, is by, by focusing on the gathering, chaos automatically goes away. Goes away. Yeah. yeah. Whereas right now, yeah. it's... Where, so where we can choose to bring our attention and intention by practic- practicing it with small baby steps and with a mantra, with repeating it and sharing it and saying it, those steps I found are enough that help us kind of carve in new rivulets into our life. And it becomes, you know, and then it's repeated and it gets easier and easier each time it repeats. And then it's just lovely part of your, you know, canyon, which becomes very meadow-like. When we first start, and I love breathing, I, I do those breathing exercises often. And and you said to like find an intention to to set an intention. I I sort of waffled between something personal like what we just discussed and something that has to do with my business. And I decided to go with the personal, but obviously I I immediately see the value on the the main thing that I want to do with my business and and can I run those two intentions simultaneously? Well, you, you may, but it, I, I encourage not to, right? So okay. I have watched. It depends because if, if your intention is joy. So what we would, the exercises that we would do for an eight week period are different than what I just did for you for one week, right? So it's, um, but it's been interesting that some people choose to be very business specific, very task oriented and business specific in their weekly practices. And it's all around a word, though, that is personal because we're all in business. You know, you're in business, but it's, business is personal, too. Right. So what what is it that brings you personally the joy in your business? But, yeah, not actually becoming to do this, but to allow yourself 
to move through some of those learning edges of your business, right? Trust me, I'm doing it, trying to build club change. I am having to practice this all the time. And two of my early uh, marketing partners were young women starting their own business. And I was like, oh, just join a club so you know what it's like and do it. They both got so successful from joining a club. They're like, okay, Jill, I'm off. I can't help you grow your business anymore because <laughs> my business has taken off or I've identified that this is what I want to do, which is beautiful, right? Like if I could help, if I could help young women start their own businesses all around the world, that would make me a very happy camper. So it really doesn't matter. But what does matter is that you're kind and that you commit to it, right? And that you're willing to verbalize it. And the practices change every week, right? So, you know, some people, some people might uh, commit to the same practices every week because because it's a it's a well-worn canyon that they're finding super helpful to to repetitively nourish these small baby steps usually about halfway through people people either they're you know you discover you also discover your own pace as to how edgy you want to be and and how so you, you kind of discover your own pace of Wow, I just want to keep it like this and just keep, you know, rocking it. Because I, I mean, I'm a stretch goal person, right? Like I'm, I'm busy, do, I multitask. I, my biggest, some of my biggest opportunities are to slow down and just be okay with what's right here instead of blah, blah, blah. So I was just this person who said, okay, I'm going to set the goal here. And if I got here, I, that is exactly what I wanted. I wanted to just keep those stretch goals. And then one of my own coaches, who is a beautiful mentor in this whole process as well, said, well, Jill, you know, what happens if you set the goal here? And now I call it the gift. If I set the gift here and I get here, like I get beyond it. And I'm like, oh, my God, then I don't just feel good that I'm on the way. I feel like I am rocking the world. And then she asked me one key question, which was, well, how do you want to feel? And I was like, duh. Of course, I want to feel like I'm rocking the world every day, every breath, every action versus I'm on the path, you know, and the truth is we're on our path, but it's a lot more fun to be on a path that's rocking the world every day and filled with just excitement and success, you know, and that success is a celebration of each step, you know, even if it's a hiccup, like I really spend, we spend a lot of time talking to everyone about if you didn't do something that you said you were going to do, or if you felt like you weren't rocking the world, sitting in that feeling is even a bigger gift. Like sitting in it and being in it and being in the honesty of what that is and what the choices are that you have made or that you want to make. And literally just sitting in that is so powerful because it just frees you up for 360 degrees of change, if you choose to be honest and sit in it. A, a former coach of mine, when you said this, the stretch goals, and I'm, I'm going to use the word goal here. I'm sorry. I sort of feel funny. No, it's okay. Word goal now. okay. <laughs> um, but to set a goal and then what is your stretch goal? So that, as you say, if you got that far, it would be like, well, this just blows everything out of the water. But also to set that, that almost like that minimal, viable, whatever, so that if you made there, it's like, okay, at least I got that far. So you're not totally in the doldrums. You want this. And if you get 
the next one up. <laughs> I use this and that, and you're the only one that can see my hands. <laughs> well, but I, but um, I love what you're saying because what I find is that it that for me, this is my learning is um, for me, it's actually those those smaller steps are the more important because what I find is that if we're willing to take that first step. We do blow it out of the water. I mean, trust me, just this morning, you know, I've got some anxiety around the holidays and getting everything done and these piles and these lists. And finally, this morning, I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to go wrap one. Like, I'm just going to make the final decision. Well, I ended up just cranking this morning and I've already been to the post office. And I was like, yes. Like, so it's that first step. So if we're kind enough to write down, think about, envision, share, track, practice, that one, we often go beyond. But when we don't go beyond, we don't beat ourselves up. We're not the, the most critical person in the world. And, you know, I'm, uh, I'm learning through eating my own dog food or however you want to say, kind of practicing my own practices, how, how delicious each moment is and those tiny steps are and being not procrastinating and not being a perfectionist and just being okay with exactly how you are like in each and every moment and celebrating that. And, and that just feels so delicious. And I'm, I'm getting more done every day than I ever have. I can't tell you the number of people that, you know, they, they come to me, Oh, Agnes, like I've got this to do list. And I just, at the end of the day, I've hardly got anything done. And, and I've said to them, like, how many things are on your to-do list? Well, I've got, you know, like 20 things. And I go like, no, three max, you know, because yep. if you get 33 or 66% of your to-do list done in a day, that's pretty good. Yes. If you get a hundred percent, it's fabulous. Well, and I always say like, who, like, where did busyness become such a badge of honor for our Oh, I agree. Like, how Absolutely. are you? I'm super busy. Trust me. I catch myself all the time. How are you? I'm super busy. It's like, darn it. I don't want to be busy. I want to be present. I want to, I want to be adding value. I want to be where I want to be. And busy is not where I want to be, you know? And so, yeah, I am, I am totally with you and I'm the queen of lists and lists of lists. And, and it's, it's, it's a learning process, right? It's one step at a time and then allowing it to happen and being kind to yourself along the way rather than beating yourself up. Oh, I think you may just have put this episode on to repeat for our listeners. This is just amazing. This is great. Now, on the website, you also talk about yoga and chant sit. Oh, um, where do those? Lovely. So it's funny. So as I'm as I'm launching this business, you know, my this whole thing started right after nine eleven, right? Which was another kind of planetary event that changed everything kind of like COVID now. So Club Change launched with COVID. Before that, it wasn't a business and a website and all these things that I practiced my own mantra called wing it was my mantra. And I was like, okay, I'm going to learn Zoom. Oh, I'm going to, you know, build a website. I'm going to just start a class. I'm going to learn it. So did all that. Well, uh, but, but I've been practicing all these things all along and starting to write a book and the book is still not written, but it's, it's, an, it's a tribute to my father. And one of these days it, it will get completed. But along the route, one of the things I did in addition to joining Boys Weekend 20 years ago and going to the spa that I now work at and have been visiting for 20 years this year, this New Year's, um, I started saying yes to new things. And one of those was I love to sing. 
And so I started singing with a group and it was called, a, it was a threshold choir. And well, first it was a local choir. And then one of the choir members said, Jill, I think you'd like this threshold choir. And I didn't do it. And then suddenly I did do it. I tried it. Well, it was powerful. A, a woman who is, we, we actually sing to people at their bedside when they're on a threshold of whatever threshold. And we were singing to one elderly woman who literally had been comatose almost. And, you know, I think the caregivers had just kind of washed her hair. She had this beautiful horse ranch. So we're out and, and she's, and we're singing and we decided to sing instead of one of the threshold songs we sang, I think it was You Are My Sunshine or something, but I have a very low voice as you can tell. And so I'm harmonizing really low. And this woman comes out of the stage she was in and grabs my wrist. And we're all like now crying. I think the caregivers were like going to have a heart attack. But to me, it spoke to the power of sound vibrations. Not only um, since sound is one of your earliest and last memories, but but the energy that's created. And um, I've been a professional yoga student for 20 years, just like I'm a professional student of change and chant. But I did a, a yoga teacher training back in the and we started chanting and I really enjoyed it doing the chanting in Sanskrit. So I started doing them all the time and memorizing them and sharing them with my nieces and just enjoyed them. I was like, Ooh, this is kind of nice. It's kind of like singing, but I can do it wherever I want. And, and I, you know, built up my meditation practice and my yoga practice and, and to make many, you know, long stories and circumstances short during the pandemic, then I did, and I teach chanting at Rancho La Puerta now. So I lead chanting classes and I decided to do that on Zoom as well and share it because I could. And uh, during the pandemic, when we were closed, I did a yoga teacher training completely online because I could. And, and so I just started sharing that because it keeps me, I love to teach. I love to share I live alone right now. So it was a way for me to share my practices with other people. And I was, wait, so I'm sharing those practices online. I don't, there's not a charge. They're complimentary right now. And people come and join me and chant and or do yoga. And I often will tie in some of this intention setting, languaging or affirmations into those practices where we'll, you know, you're, what, what are you war, warrioring, you know, in your warrior, what's your intention for your practice today, your yoga practice, you know, and I'll do some of the affirmations in between the chants, which is just beautiful to, to breathe in loving kindness and to receive it and, and to allow sound vibrations to resonate, reverberate and heal both within and around. So allowing breath and sound to be part of all my practices. And it, it's it's funny that I kind of didn't see how they would all fit, but I was like, well, I've got this website and it's there and I could practice it. And now the longer I'm doing it, the more that I do see it all ties in around around breath and self-talk and affirmations and being in the moment and being in gratitude. And these are all things that do that in, in as accessible and in shareable way that I can. Before we close, I'm going to ask you for on um, web. What's it called? Online links. So make sure you include the YouTube on your Podmatch bio thing. I read that some people call you woo woo with an MBA, and and this might be a good time to put this in that I love. I don't know if you ever heard of a guy called Joe Vitale. 
But Joe Vitale explained woo-woo, and he defined it as anything's possible. And it always stuck with me because people tend to think of like, oh yeah, it's woo-woo, like it's way out there. But if you think of it in terms of anything's possible, it just really, to me, brings it home as don't write things off just because you don't understand them. Oh, I love that. So, yeah. I love that. And the more I practice, the more I allow uh, what might be defined as woo-woo, just the unknown and allowing it to be unknown and being open to it with new eyes to whatever, just being open is such a gift, right? And I, um, yeah. And I'm, I was shocked. In fact, we go through a practice of what I call obstacle dissolving. I used to call it obstacle bashing. And someone was like, Jill, that sounds really violent. I was like, okay, we'll just dissolve <laughs> them. But, you know, so that's the MBA side of me, you know, the go, the do, the compete, the, the tough love, the, the, that's that side. But the obstacle dissolving and sitting in it is, is kind of the woo-woo side that is coming out more and more as I share these practices, practice them myself in that you have the option to motor over, right? To, to motivate and take action instantly, willpower, or you have the option to turn away from whatever it is you want to do, right? So those are yes, no options. And then all this, not gray area, but then the other 360 degrees are asking for help or admitting helplessness and just being open to whatever. And I think those those four directions really give you 360 degrees of choices as long as you're willing to sit in your truth of that moment without judgment or story or past or present to just be where you are in that moment and then choose which one of those 360 degrees you want to you want to walk towards yeah and, and in my own case i know that yoga meditation breath work you know, it wasn't that many years ago that that was all sort of out there stuff. And it's like, it's all part of my life now. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. 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 And it's fun to kind of tie it in too. Like that, it's, it's not, it's not about the asanas, right? So it's a yoga practice, but we, you know, we do breathing, we do affirmations, we, we laugh, we, you know, it's just, it's not this physical perfection aspiration it's now we we attempt to address all the different limbs of the yoga practice which is filled with ancient wisdom that i find really enamoring i mean i just it's the more i read and the more i research the the deeper i get into the woo-woo and i like it <laughs> well and i think too even on a practical level you know there's so many stressful things out there and then we live in stressful times and it becomes, for me, another tool in the toolbox. Exactly. It's just like, okay, stop. Well, and even chanting, right? Like, so that for me, it's just this instant entry into meditation. Like if I just even sit down and do one ohm and be quiet after, it's like, oh, that's kind of jostled all this other stuff out and allowed me to just be. And it just makes it very practicable. Just showing up for ourselves, right? Like, if it's for one breath a day or one chant a day or two minutes of meditation or come into a club once a week to really show up for yourself, 
like what a gift, what a, what a great holiday gift or what a great New Year's gift you can give yourself. And yeah, and I know you said you visit the website. There's, there's tons of, you know, little practices that people can do on the website, but I do offer free intention setting classes once a month. And so people come in and it's a similar practice to this, but it's, it's, you know, the questions are geared around eight weeks of, you know, and I asked like five to 10 different questions. So the word boards get filled with lots of different aspects and roles and expectations, but then we sit in breath and, and then we choose and then we, then we commit and we share and, and we celebrate. And it's, and it's pretty cool to do both as just as a one-time shot or as an eight-week practice. Okay. <laughs> um, I do have two questions that I do want to address. Our audience is Boomer Women, and we're old enough to maybe have lots that we want or need to change. First of all, where does that person start? And I'll just put the two questions together here. Sometimes we're so set in our ways that we think it's, it's worked till now. Uh, we don't need to change anything. Do you have suggestions for either of those people or words or? Well, thoughts? it's kind of, I relate to both, right? I mean, I, as we get older, you know, it's like, okay, I'm pretty comfortable with all the choices I've made. Uh, but I truly believe I can always get better. In fact, the mantra where I work is siempre mejor, which is always better. And one of my life mantras has been add value. And so, so even the person who thinks they have habit, they might be surprised that just a one hour intention setting practice could bring up something that's kind of in their subconscious. Like we do with the reading where we do the breathing is to kind of get out of our thinking mind and our head and get more into our gut and stomach. And it's a fun place to be in your gut and in your heart versus in our heads where we're, you know, grasping and comparing and 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 rushing possibly, at least if you're anything like me, typically. So so for that person who thinks it's nothing, I invite them to come to a set your intentions and and see and just see what pops up. It's a it's an hour investment of time, right? Worth the experiment to me. That's that's just my return on investment would be that would be worth the return on investment. For um for the person who thinks they have way too many things and, and nothing's right. I've watched, I've watched club members uh, find joy where they never thought they were going to find joy. I've watched people decide to retire. I've watched people um, start a business. I've watched people lose a gazillion pounds, right? One baby step at a time in community and kindness. And so um, I would invite them as well to to sit in the honesty of where they are and then honestly ask for help and say, well, well, maybe, maybe this thing could help me. And I, the price points, I believe the price point's quite low. It's $89 for eight weeks. So it's like the price of a fancy cup of coffee each week. And that's on purpose. Like I want there to be a charge so people do show up uh, and invest something. But you know, it, it is, it's like sitting down, having a cup of coffee with yourself and however many other like-minded people are in the, in that club and you can choose to be anonymous or not. You can choose to have your video on or not. You can choose to share out loud or not, but it's better if you do all that, but you don't have to, like, there's nothing that you have to do. You could just, you know, decide that once a week, I'm going to sit down and think about how kind I was 
in nourishing some really new pleasant intentions for myself this week. Interestingly, it was just this morning. Um, I always start my mornings with my uh, my radio on uh, my public broadcaster, uh, and unfortunately, I had a few other things on the go this morning, so I was tuning in and, and not tuning in and things like that. But I'm going to paraphr- paraphrase part of an interview that I heard, where the interviewee mentioned a study wherein some subjects were told that life is change, nothing is constant. And another group were told that life is constant. So it, it is, it's static, it doesn't change. And maybe it's needless to say, but the folks who believe that life is change coped better and were way more productive than their life is constant counterparts. I actually, before we came on here, I went looking for the interview, or like looking for the interview and they didn't post that part of it, unfortunately. And then I couldn't find the study online. So um, I might go looking again because it was really, I went, whoa. Yeah, that's, that's big. I'll, I actually might do a little research on that myself too. Because it's, I mean, there are parts of life that are constant and there are parts that are always changing. And yeah. so it might just kind of be the point of view that you decide to take. That's, that's, in, that's intriguing. As a student of change, that's, a, that's it's very intriguing. Yeah, yeah. Part of me wants to say that things have to change but then I sound like I'm you know standing on the mountain with my staff stomping on the ground well and have to so the languaging when we notice ourselves saying I have to I need to I should or you should you need to you have to we all correct each other we we just say okay like let's try and notice when we say I have to because that's a canyon thought like why do I have to like who whoever taught me that I have to or what did I what did I do that decided I have to do that or I have to be this? Like, no, I can choose. And, and, and I get to choose even to notice why I think I have to. But that's a thinking thing versus a, a gut thing because you really don't have to. It's just in your thoughts that you have to. Okay. One question that I have to ask. What is Rancho La Puerta? Oh, Rancho La Puerta is a place that um, that uh, is magical for me. It it started me on this path twenty years ago. It's it's a world renowned, except for you, health, fitness. <laughs> I can't say I don't know what exactly the <laughs> phrase is, but it's a it's a spa. It's a it's a health and wellness spa and resort, and it's located just right across the border south of San Diego. So it's in Tecate, Mexico. So every, and it's 81 years old. We are the oldest destination health spa, definitely on this continent. And I would say even on the planet, because the older spas or resorts were, I believe, most mostly geared around like waters and massages and spa treatments. And this one was formed around content. The founders were a professor and his wife that practice wholeness, wellness practices, um, certain traditions. And so they started 81 years ago. She is, Miss Signora de Rizeke, 99 years old this year, and still comes and presents at the ranch every week, travels across the border and presents to the guests every week. We're all excited to celebrate her 100th birthday. And it's, um, it's RanchoLaPuerta.com. And I visited it 20 years ago. And then about 10 years ago, I started volunteering there. And eight years ago, 
they uh, offered me a job that I very happily took. So now I'm, I've kind of migrated down the coast of California towards uh, San Diego. So I'm there half the week and at Rancho La Puerta half the week, and and I'm loving it. I'm 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 loving this life that has manifested from all these little micro changes. <laughs> yeah, life does present. I, I had to ask because. I think a secret part of me would say, oh, it's this place that I found and it, I wanted you to own it. Oh, well, <laughs> so I do own it in my heart because I do think, and it's it's kind of got a woo, it, it really helped bring the woo in me. So the Kumeyaay Indians um, are based there and there's a mountain at the peak of the mountain. It's called Mount Kuchuma and the peak of it is in the U.S. But this is all ancient indigenous area. And they named it Kuchima, which means high exalted place. And so I actually share with the guests that when I first started coming there 20 years ago, there was not much of any woo-woo in me other than, you know, having practiced traditional Judeo-Christian rituals as a young person, right? And so... So I came there and I was like, well, it's a sacred mountain and it takes all the pins. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, now that I've been in and out of there consistently for 20 years, I've seen kind of the magic around it and the science. So, right, the left brain side, there is science because there's a lot of quartz and quartz crystal in the mountains that we hike on. So if I did have a Geiger counter, it really would conduct energy in a different way. But energetically, it's, 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 it's helped me be open to those things that humanity and this mind, body, spirit cannot describe and be open to. Sounds amazing. Thank yeah, you. you'll have to come visit sometime. Rancholaporta.com, check it out. You know, it's funny, just just well, four days ago, I was telling somebody that I have this circle route between just outside L.A., uh, and then I thought I'd have to, oh, no, actually, I am going down into Mexico. Just have a contact there. So I'll stop en route. Uh, you're at uh, Rancho La Puerta. And then Florida and the Dominican Republic. So I've got this circle route I'm going to have to do sometime in the near, near future. Well, you know, there's no time like now, as you would agree. And I do have, um, and I am in San Diego. So if you drive through here as well, feel free to reach out for a cup of coffee or something. Okay, before we wrap, is there anything I haven't asked you about intention setting or change that you want boomers to think about? No, I think we've we've covered everything. I mean, it, it's it's been great to chat with you about it's just about life. I mean, this is just such a delicious way to be, and and change does not have to be a scary. You know, how, how, a six-letter word, right? I've never even counted the number of letters. And I guess I would just invite all of your listeners, C-H-A-N-G-E. Oh, I thought uh, you were talking about scary. Uh, <laughs> just, so, to, just to clarify thanks. for our oh, listeners, I held up five fingers. <laughs> but, um, but it is the end of January, and it's, it's a really busy time for club change uh, because uh, it's part of my thing is, like setting resolutions is just craziness, right? But setting an intention and being kind to a journey and joining a Set Your Intentions class, there'll be a free one on January 26th. It's a Wednesday at one o'clock because all my East Coast clients were like, Jill, 5.30 Pacific time is too late for us. I'm like, okay. So the Wednesday, the Wednesday intention classes are free. They're always going to be every other 
month's Wednesday. There, that's going to be a Wednesday every other month. I will start one, and then that set your intentions class is free, but it's also the first meeting for all the club members because we're all doing the same thing. And then you can decide at that point in time whether you want to join for the next eight weeks and be supported uh, with a club. So when the next one starts on January 26th, and then the next one after that will be uh, the first Sunday in March. We'll start the Sunday night, set your intentions in the Sunday night club. So, so there are eight-week clubs that start every other month, either on a Sunday or Wednesday. And I would just invite I invite everybody to get a try that boomer women are kind of both the ranches and my primary demographic right now. So I believe that um, everyone here would benefit. Okay. Where do we find you online? Ah, jilltheory.com. J-I-L-L-T-H-I-R-Y.com is the best place to find me. Okay, and you mentioned YouTube earlier. Not YouTube, actually Facebook. So um, there's some YouTubes that I linked to, but Facebook, uh, I, sh- I, I almost said I should. I am, you know, I'm a very new business owner here, and this is what I do on my off time, right? And I love it because it fills my time with such beauty. But um, I most likely will build more social media avenues. Right now, it's just Facebook, and um, it's at Club Change Now. And I've been told that it's not easy to get to. So I'm, you know, my name is Jill Theory, J-I-L-L-T-H-I-R-Y. And the Facebook group is at Club Change Now. And so with those two things, you could find me on Facebook as well. I'll find you and put the link in the show. Oh, notes. thank you. And there's some 15-minute chants on there. Um, down. I used to just record them every week. They're now in Zoom. But if you go scroll down long enough, you could try one of the 15-minute chants for free. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. That's why I wanted uh, yeah, to, to know where that was. I made the assumption it was YouTube. Okay. So all the links will be in the show notes, of course. Listeners, I really do recommend you check out Jill's website, the info, the classes. I believe that life is constantly changing, whether as a result of our aging or because of events like what the world's thrown at us over the last two years. Do yourself a favor and learn more about intention setting and finally get rid of that New Year's resolution thing that haunts people every January. Um, If you have comments on today's show, you can leave them where you're listening right now or at twoboomerwomen.com forward slash join dash the dash conversation. Feel free to leave stars. They help us grow and hit the subscribe or follow button before you go. And then you'll be sure to catch more interviews with more of my great guests. If you want to be a guest on the podcast or know someone who would, there's an application form at the website too. Jill Theory, thank you so much for being my guest on Two Boomer Women today. Thank you, Agnes. It's been truly a pleasure. Have a great rest of the week. Namaste. Namaste.